everybody this morning? You are good? Yes. You are alive? Yes. Wow. You weren't sure about that second one. What happened? What happened? I'm so sorry. This morning I'm talking about the power of a word. Um, I, are you guys, are you guys, I, I like, I, I enjoy, I, I enjoy the play of semantics. Does anybody enjoy that? Right? Is that like a fun thing to you? Semantics it literally means like what the, the meaning of words. And it's fun, it's fun to play with. Like I, I mess with my kids all the time. Like, you know, I'll, I'll say something just a bit different way and, and they'll agree to it, but then realize, oh, wait, it doesn't mean that. I can't think of a one stinking example right now, but I do it all the time and it's hilarious. <laughs> Words do have power, don't they? Here's, here's, I'm, I'm, I'm a self-talk kind of person. I, I, I like to, I like to kind of talk myself up. You, you, does anybody else do this? Where you're like, this is gonna be, gonna be good. This is gonna work. You know, you talking about anybody like, you know, you're good. You pull the old Stuart Smalley. You guys know Stuart Smalley. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. Gosh darn it, people like me. It's never true. No, but no, yeah, no. You just, it's there's something, there's something to be said about a positive, the power of a positive word, even when you're speaking it to yourself, right? And we do this with our kids, don't we? All we do from a young age, you can be anything. You can do anything you want to do, right? You can be a, a, a nuclear physicist. Is that a thing? Yeah. Well, then, yeah, it is. Well, then you can do it. Yes, you can. You can be an astronaut. You can be president, right? Nobody ever says, like, you can be an electrician. You can fix cars. Those guys make some money, I'll tell you right now, right? But you can't. We do. We, oh, you're just the best. You're so smart. Oh, look at you. You're so good. You're so, you're so athletic. We, we talk our kids up. Why? Why do we do that? To teach them how valuable they are, right? To, to build that self-confidence, to, to let them realize, okay, I know I'm little and I'm young and I'm getting at it, but, but man, if they're proud of me, well, then I can be proud of me, right? It's the power of that word. This morning, I, I came in, I'm standing in the back during worship rehearsal and, and Pastor Brantley comes over. How many of you guys love Pastor Brantley? Come on, yeah. Pastor Brantley comes over. He goes, so you ready for this morning? I was like, uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, the sermon's written. He goes, what do you mean? You're not, you're not excited about it? You're not, not looking? I was like, I don't know if I don't know how it's going to be received. He goes, no, you're going to do a great job. And it's going to be awesome this morning. And people are going to walk away changed. And I, just, I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah they are. And I, I told him right there, I was like, you don't know how much that means to me. I told him, I said, I'm going to use him in my message because I'm talking about this. The power of words, the power of positivity, the power of speaking life, right? You guys are with me. Yes. Don't you know the opposite is true? Right? Right? And it's funny, it's funny how subtle sometimes our th things are that, that we say to ourselves, or things that are so subtle, things that we say about ourselves. And even more damaging sometimes, some things that are, that are so subtle that we, we say about our faith without, without really realizing it, we, 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 we downgrade God sometimes by saying certain things. And so we're going to pick up here in 1 Corinthians 15. Verse 14, it says this, and if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. Now, I realize that's like jumping like head, headlong into like the middle of a conversation, right? You ever like, you walk into a conversation, like somebody will say something, it makes no sense in context to anything, and like, what did I just walk into? That's what that verse is. Congratulations. 
So here's some backstory. Uh, this is Paul talking. He's talking to the church of Corinth. And he's writing a letter because the church was surrounded uh, by, 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 by all kinds of different religions and people of different faith and all kinds of different theologies and all this stuff. And, and the, the people of uh, the church there in Corinth, they were kind of they they weak when it came to the, the, the strength of their faith. And they were kind of weak when it came to the strength of their theology. And, and they, they, they really wanted to, to still be very much a part of the culture around them. But that culture was beginning to change who they were. And their thoughts were beginning to, to, to seep in. And their theology was beginning to seep in to, to who the church was. And it had gotten to a point to where, where they were questioning things. Not just questioning, but they were, they were declaring things in, in the if status. And, and talking about, and specifically with this right here, they're talking about, but if is it possible? Can dead can the dead really be raised? And they were having this discussion, and, and Paul chimes in. And I love what what he does here because because he takes it to to the nth degree, right? Sometimes we don't think about the implication of our words and where they can lead, do we? Do we? Sometimes we, we, don't, we, don't really, we don't really break it down because because so much of what we do and so much of what we say is just reactionary. But Paul he gets in there if. If Christ has not been risen. So the Corinthians are struggling with if. And so I looked up the definition of if, and it gives me three definitions, and this is the first one. It's a conjunction. If, in case that. And I like how the dictionary gives you like little sentences. Like, use it in a sentence. I feel like I'm at a spelling bee. <laughs> Parliamentarian. Use it in its sentence. Yeah. What is, its, what, what is its, its nation of origin? Like as if... Finding out that it's Greek is going to help you at all. I'll never forget it. This is a side note, but I just figured I'd tell you anyway. I was in, oh my gosh, maybe the third grade, fourth grade, and I was in a spelling bee. And I got to tell you, one of my strengths is not spelling. <laughs> but I thought to myself, I can do this. I didn't realize it would be in front of like the whole school like middle school and high school, like the whole, I went to a small Christian school. So the whole school could basically fit inside our cafe, but the whole school was there. There's more than that, but still. And, and, uh, and, and the, the word came to me, it was ocean. I very clearly remember ocean because I felt so stupid. <laughs> I felt like I was swimming in an ocean of stupid. But <laughs> and there, there was an ocean. And like, I had this moment, can you use it in a sentence? That's <laughs> if... And then I spelled it wrong, so there's that. What am I talking about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitions. They use it in a sentence. So if, in case that. So sing if you want to is the, is, is the, the sentence they use. Sing in, in, case, in case you want to sing. Because I really don't know. I, I really don't know if you want to sing. But in case you want to sing, sing. And what this speaks to, this if speaks to a lack of confidence. A lack of confidence. I don't have confidence that you really want to sing, but if you want to sing, I will open the door for you to sing. Sing if, if, if you want to. If it pleases. I feel like I just went like old English. And I feel like I should bow like, if it pleases, my Lord. <laughs> if, the second definition, granting or supposing that. So the, the, the sentence they use is, stay indoors if it rains, granting or supposing that it rains. I don't know if it's going to rain, but granted it rains. We're not really sure. We watched the weather report, but it looks weird outside. If it rains, granting that it rains, if it rains, come inside. 
And what this speaks to is a lack of clarity. Does that make sense? Right? I woke up this morning. It looks like it could be nice. It could be, it could be rainy. I, don't, I didn't check the Mellich meter this morning, so I don't really know. You guys, you guys know the Mellich meter? You guys from, who does not know the Mellich meter? Are you from around here? What's, what's your problem? What's the matter with you? No, from up north, I come down here, I start listening to the radio, and there's Kirk Mellich, right? The weatherman, Kirk Mellich. If the weather's hellish, depend on Mellich. Ads work on me. <laughs> yeah, and so, so I wake up in the morning, and I'm getting the kids ready for school, and he says, yeah, we had a five on the mellage meter this morning. And I'm like, what is that? What is a mellage meter? It sounds like a disease. They go, well, you're ranking a five on the mellage. I had to look it up. I had no idea what the mellage meter. I read it, and I still have no idea what the mellage meter. I just, if, if, it's, if it's a six on the mellage meter, and it's nice outside, that means it's good. So... It works. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I apologize. I'm a lack of clarity. <laughs> the third definition is on condition that if. I'll go if you go. I'll go on condition that you go. As I'm, I'm not really into it. I'm not really sold out to it. I'm not really committed to it. And that's what this is. It speaks to a lack of conviction. I'm not, I'm not really convicted to go. But I'll tell you, that it's, I mean, I'm not really convinced. But if, if you're going, I'll go, right? That's how that works. A chick flick, I really don't care. But you know what? If you're going, I'll go. I'm not really invested, but you know what? It could be fun. Who knows? Lack of conviction. Guys, when we go through these things, we begin to realize the implications that the word if might have in our life. And Paul, he, he, so he starts to follow the natural train of thought that if the dead cannot be raised, then Christ cannot be raised. And this is what he says to the Corinthians. He takes it, he takes it way further than they ever intended. I'm sure they weren't trying to say this, but, the, but this is the natural progression. He says, if and if, in verse 14, and if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is useless, and so is our faith. More than that, we're found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he had raised Christ from the dead, but he didn't raise him from the dead if, if in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is futile and you're still living in your sin. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ, they're lost. If, if, if only for this life that we have hope in Christ, then we're to be pitied more than all men. In other words, he's saying, do you realize what you're saying? Without thinking about your words, without thinking about, 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 about what, what, what you're actually saying, without thinking about what it is you're getting into, do you realize that you're, you're just wiping out all this truth? Man, our preaching is useless, our faith is useless. We're liars and false witnesses, futile, we're still in our sins. People who have died are just dead and just rotting in the ground. We're to be pitied because we're just living this lie. Then he goes on to verse 20, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fallen fruits who have fallen asleep. And guys, I tell you, that, that, that just changes everything. To be able to stand up and say definitively, yes, Christ died, but Christ arose. It changes everything. No other deity says that. It changes everything. You know, sometimes we focus so much on the whole death scene. How many of you guys saw, saw Passion of the Christ? It's like a two-hour snuff film, basically, 
Oh, I, I, there were times in it, I mean, my stomach's turning, I'm wincing, I'm walking away. I mean, I did two hours of that, and then the resurrection scene is almost like, 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 like the after credits thing on Marvel. It's like this thing, oh, oh wait, by the way, he rose. Like, okay, yeah, the, the death, that was incredibly horrific, but you know what all that proved? He was human. Do you know what the other thing proved? He was God. He was God, and that can't be denied. That changes everything. Here the Corinthians are putting that to question in their mind. Guys, I just want to warn us right now that we're no different from the Corinthians when we allow the temporary realities of life to push us from a place of faith to a place of if. To push us from a place of faith to a place of if. And, and this is why the words of Paul that are written a couple thousand years ago are so relevant today. Because it's the same story we're living out. If you can't see yourself in the stories of the Bible, then you're not looking. Invest. Realize that this just isn't something that happened and now we're just going to look and watch how God fixes it all. No, this is something that's happening Every single day in our lives and in our churches, we walk around our culture. We walk around our politically correct society. We walk around all these other things who say you can't think that. You can't put this way. You can't put it that way. You, can't, you can believe what you want, but just don't say it out loud. And we, 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 we live in this culture where we don't want to offend people. And, and so, so we, we, we talk about our faith with kick gloves. And then we, we, we come up with these terms. Your truth your, your reality. I mean, it's your, there's your truth and there's my truth. There's, there's truth. And then there's your lying to yourself. And, and maybe that makes me some kind of bad person, but pretty sure that's the way it is. There's only one truth. Anything else is not that. We're afraid, aren't we, sometimes? We put that if in there. Guys, the devil doesn't have to convince you to do some type of crazy satanic thing to get you to turn away from the best that he has for your life. All he has to do is plant an if. All he's got to do is, is just sow that little bit of doubt. And I'm not saying that, that to have questions is bad. I'm not saying to have doubts is bad. Quite, quite the opposite, guys. I, I, I am all about questions. I am all about exploring like, like the harder, the harder things. And I, I don't, there's, there's, something, there's something exciting about the discovery. When the hard questions come, I mean, it just, there's just something exciting about going after it. There's a reason, there's a reason the Bible says, seek and you will find. Right? There's a reason why the Bible says, ask. Ask and I'll tell you. Knock and the door will be, will be opened. It doesn't just say sit there like a sponge and soak it up. Get up. Ask the questions. Pursue. Discover. Man, there's such good stuff. It's in the questions. The problem arise with questions when we decide to worship and lift up the intelligence of the question itself and abandon the pursuit of the one who actually has the answers. I had a friend in high school, and uh, he was one of those deep thinkers. He was taller than everybody else. Seemed like it made a difference. <laughs> you're, you're tall. must be true. I don't know. When I was in high school, I didn't think very deeply. 
And I was, I was impressed with people that did. People just, and, and this, this, this one guy, this one kid, he just had, he had the greatest, I mean, it started off kind of silly, but then it would like, it would evolve into some really, like it started off like, like can, can God make an ocean so deep that he can't swim to the bottom? <sighs> what is that? Of course he can. He can do anything. Wait, he can't swim. Oh, wait, yes, he can swim, but he can't make it. Oh. <laughs> Praise your name. <laughs> right? And, and he, he graduated to, to more <laughs> interesting questions, you know. <laughs> you know? But, but I, 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 was, I was like, man, this, this, guy, this guy, he's digging. He's deep into stuff. Oh, man, he's so, so, so learned, so, so theological and all these other. I didn't know what I was talking about, but I was just like, ooh, he's got it. Whatever it is, he's there, right? Until I caught up with him again like 20 years later. Pastor Corey, aren't you just 20 years old? I guess. <laughs> right? I did. I caught up with him like 20 years later. And, uh, and, and I was, uh, it was sad, I, was, it was, I discovered he's still asking the same questions. And I was just like, hold, wait, wait stop the bus. Like, these are the, like, he's texting me. Like, these, are, these are the questions you were asking 20 years ago as a high school student. Are you telling me that you've not found the answer yet? Are, are you telling me that you've just sat feeling so intelligent that you can, you, you just, oh, it's, it's your, it's your job to answer. And if you can't, if you can't get out of my catch 22, then Jesus doesn't exist. Really? But some of us kind of do that, don't we? Some of us kind of fall into that trap of, oh, 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 you don't understand. You don't, to Bill Nye, the science guy, you don't understand what he said. He makes volcanoes and understands theology. Yeah, you know what? There's answers to these questions. I, let me put it to you this way. There is no question that Christ cannot answer. We just have to seek. We have to seek. There is no question that is too deep or too big for God. We just have to go ask. Is everybody getting me? Questions are not bad. Doubts are not bad. It's actually good. It's human. Guys, as, as, a, as, as a believer, this is, this is just part of who we have to be. Questions are good. It, it proves that you're not just a follower. Questions are good. They compel us to seek God deeper. I encourage you guys, lean into questions. Lean into questions. Here are some don'ts. Can I give you some don'ts when it comes to questions? When it comes to ifs? Can I? Yes. yes. You have to say it loud enough so they hear you on the video podcast. Yes. See, there's an entire auditorium here of people. I know it sounded like me just making jokes and laughing at myself, but... Well, I mean, it was that, but... When it comes to people who are asking questions, don't fear don't fear and disassociate with those who are asking questions. It's, it's happened in my life. It's happened in my life where there, there have been people that, well, I, I, told, I told it in first service. I may as well tell it now. There, there was somebody that, that back in the early 2000s I really respected. I don't know if you've ever heard of Rob Bell. But Rob Bell had some amazing teachings. 
I mean, he had these NUMA videos. It was like 10 to 15 minute videos. And man, I'll, st- I'll still get on YouTube and go search out a NUMA video because they're, they're awesome. They're awesome. His insight to, to the Hebrew culture and faith and how, how, that, how that bleeds over to, to Christianity and, and all this stuff and the deep insight to, to what this word means and that word means. And, and, he would, and then he would just blend it. He would blend it with real life and with stuff that's going on in such a way that after that 10 to 12 minutes, man, I left inspired. I left wanting, I, I want to know more. I want to dig deeper. If, 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 if this cat can do it, I can do it. I won't, and, and then he came out with this book, Velvet Elvis, right? I don't know if anybody here has read Velvet Elvis. But it, 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 it spoke to, to that, that idea of being able, being able to ask a question without losing your faith. That's basically what the whole book was about. Being able to ask a question without losing your faith. I mean, that, that's, that's, a, that's something we should all be able to do. Because you are not going to escape questions. You're not going to escape questions. They will come. But here's the thing. A number of years later, um, he comes out with, with another book uh, entitled Love Wins. And, uh, and before the book was even published, before, I mean, before it came out, like the whole like Christian learned community, which they were just, they were on fire. They were just like, oh, Rob Bell has lost his mind. Rob Bell has lost his way. Yada, yada, just all this other stuff. And so, man, of course, my curiosity speaks. So I buy the book. You know, I get the book and I'm reading and, and I'll be honest, I didn't agree with him. I did not. I still do not. That book, he, he went to a place where I'm just like, oh, that's interesting. Interesting. Nope. You know, I, I didn't hold, I mean, he's not the Bible. And I want people to understand that. He, he isn't the Bible. I, I, I appreciated his interpretation. He got to a place where, nope. But the thing that is, his early videos are still some, man, just some really relatable, awesome truth. And so I was showing a couple of those early videos in, in my youth group up in Illinois. And I, I, was, I was shocked that p- parents were pulling their kids out of my youth group. Because the heretical Rob Bell had a video over there. And, and there were just all these things. And, I, and I'm asking, well, have you seen this video? Can I show you the video? Can I show you what I taught your student today? No, that guy's just a heretic. I'm like, have, have you read the, Did you read the book? Do you know what? No, I'm not reading that book. I read a blog and told me all about it. That's, I'm not going to do that. I'm to totally disassociate from that guy asking those questions, doing those things. Oh, how dare he? And here's the thing, is there were, there, were, there were young adults in the church who had read the book, and they were left with questions. And all these other people had, had just thrown them just to, to the wind because, oh, you're just associating with that heretic and that Pharisee and whatever else. Man, don't, 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 don't disassociate from people. Lean into that. Maybe, maybe, maybe they need your help discovering the answer. Lean into that. Don't fear, dissociate, disassociate. The second one is this. Don't hide from questions and fear of an inconvenient answer. There are some times we run away from questions because we kind of already know, and it would just be easier to not. You know what I'm talking? Mm. How about this one? Don't ignore questions hoping they'll go away. Doesn't work. (laughs) It doesn't work. Don't ignore questions hoping they'll go away. Is that how you, work? you, is that how you treat your car? You're driving along. 
yeah, it's an old car, it'll fix itself. Right? I mean, some of us do. How does that work out for us, Carter? <laughs> Not me. Not very good. Our body's the same way, right? We, we, something starts hurting, a thing. We don't know what the thing is. We're like, well, it hurts when I lean this way, so I'll not, I won't lean that way. You know, and just get, keep going on in life. You can't just ignore it. Eventually, it's, going to, it's not just going away, right? And you go, you get a, well, it's the same with these questions. It, it's, there, there's something stirring in your soul. Your, your, your mind and your heart are in disagreement, and it's not going to just go away. You know what it's going to do? It's going gonna, it's gonna to seed itself. And that, that if, that if that you're trying to hide away, that if that you're trying to push away is going to start popping up other ifs because it's unquestioned. And then, then all of a sudden, before you know it, you're, you're questioning more, more foundational things about God and about belief. And does God actually answer prayer? Does God actually really care about I'll tell you something. When I was up in Ohio, there was a pastor. Do you remember this, Kristen? There was a pastor in one of the local churches that was flat out telling his congregation, don't pray. God doesn't listen. Yeah. What? Listen, God knows the desires of your heart. That's Bible. So why do you got to tell him? I mean, yeah, okay. Well, that'll cause some questions. You can't just ignore that stuff. Am I right? You guys with me? How about this one? When it comes to questions, don't give a two-second answer as if the depths of God can be answered with the fortune cookie. So something we do. We've got like our we've got like our, our fortune cookie like satchel of of like Christianese, you know. Oh, I just don't understand what God's doing. God works in mysterious ways. <laughs> That's not even the Bible. That's a good one though, right? You just throw that out there. What would Jesus do? <sighs> I gotta tell a story. Uh, where's Jared? Is Jared in the room? Jared, he, he dipped out. He'd heard this one already. So Jared and I, we went to ministry school together. A couple years ago. <laughs> and uh, and, and we, were, we had gone to this, this pastor's retreat. And it was kind of neat because you're, you're there with a bunch of, like, you know, like, real pastors and, and, and like senior pastors and worship pastors and, and, and like discipleship pastors and all this. And you're, 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 as a student, it's kind of cool because you're like stuck in a dorm with all these guys that you'll you never like usually talk to. And so, so the, the conversation came up about tattoos because one of our Hellion students had some tattoos. <laughs> I don't know who it was. That guy, he's probably living in Georgia. But... So we, we get to talking about tattoos, and, and my dad is there. You know, Pastor Blair is there giving his two cents, and Pastor Ross was there, and he gave some great answers. And we leaned over to another pastor who will rename nameless, but we leaned, leaned over to another pastor, and this pastor, like, is like a deep thinker, right? This is like quiet and like always considering things. I had a, had, a, had a master's degree in psychology and all this stuff, and we lean over, and we're like, hey, what do you think? He's like laying on his bed. Well, what, do you, what do you think? And he sits up and he goes, well, let me just ask, what would Jesus do? And we were just, are you kidding me? <laughs> That's what you bring to the conversation? I'm pretty sure my boxer shorts say that right now. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> what would Jesus, guys... People and you, you and others, 
deserve a more serious answer. So don't just give it the two second, well, here's that, and walk away, because that'll just seed more doubt. And the final don't when it comes to questions is this. Don't camp out on questions assuming there is no answer. Guys, as a believer, when we stop seeking answers and we start soaking in the question, the result is that our firm foundation of faith erodes to a weak foundation of if. That firm foundation that's supposed to hold us strong when we don't know what the heck is happening becomes a weak foundation of if. If, if God is, I mean, if God's in, if, I mean, if God is, I mean, if God wants to do, if. So I want to ask you, how, how do we know if we're suffering from a weak foundation of if? How do we know? Are we, are, we, are we limiting the ability of God to work in our lives because of if? And I want to go back to those three things that we saw in the definition. We saw lack of confidence, we saw lack of clarity, and we saw lack of conviction. And if these things are in your life, I just want you to know right now, you may have an if issue. There are things inside of you that are unresolved, and there are questions, please listen to me, there are questions that you need to pursue to the end. Because as Paul demonstrated, with if, if, if just gets to run rampant, it destroys everything. There is an answer. There is an answer. And I gotta tell you guys, God wants you to know it. And sometimes we, we speak as if God has all these hidden mysteries. Ooh, it's my miracle bag, don't you look. No, man, God is a good God. He wants you to understand. He wants you to grow. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to enjoy life. And we can't do that if we're hiding behind a bunch of questions. If. Does your life display a lack of confidence when it comes to spirituality? Are you afraid to pray for people because you don't know if God's actually going to do anything? That's a tough one, isn't it? It's a tough one. Are you afraid to step out in faith not knowing if God's got your back? You know, if, 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 if God really wants me to do this, then this and this will happen. If, if God, if, uh, there's an answer. There is an answer. It may not be the one you want, but there is an answer. A lack of confidence. Within your spiritual life, is there a lack of clarity and it causing you to stumble. Has there been, because here's the thing, is we, we, we falter most, I think, I think, when we just don't get it. You know what I mean? Because, because I, I want life to make sense, right? I'm taught in school that if I, if I, if I study the problem, I will get the answer. And, and, but there's, there's this thing about life that there's not always a clear answer, and we take our model of A plus B equals C, and we put God in the middle of it, and, well, God, problem plus you equals answer. And it doesn't always work like that, does it? Because the truth of the matter is that we're control freaks, and we want to control the future, and we want to manipulate the future, and we want to plan for the future. We want the future to be stable, and we want to be able to, to you know, to, to raise two kids and put them into college, and they get good degrees, and while I'm paying off the house, and then I can, you know, retire and buy a motor home, and then everything's just very, you know, it's just, it's just very predictable. I don't, want, I, don't want, I don't want something from left field coming out. But man, God, <laughs> there's some left field things that hit us. Come on. 
We can't see the future. And so I, I can't, God, I don't know if I can trust. I can't trust what I can't see. It's like running around in a dark basement with the lights turned on. I'm not going to do that. That's foolish. There's this scripture in Psalms 119. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And this is, this is so interesting. My dad taught on this one time. My grandfather um, worked for, for uh, Conrail, the, the train company. Is it company? Conglomerate? I don't know what word to use. He worked for him, not me. At any rate, he, he was a yard master for Conrail in Cincinnati, Ohio. And, uh, and so I remember gr- growing up, go to my grandpa's house, and he had these old, these old lamps, these old railroad lamps. Does anybody know what I'm talking about, the railroad lamps? You like hold it. And the weird thing about the railroad lamp is that it would, it, would, it would illuminate for just a little while around you, like not very far. It wasn't really bright. And the crazy thing about them, there was always like a super dark spot right below them. You guys know what I'm talking about? Someone say yes. Okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, you're, like, you're like constantly like looking ahead, but then you're like trying to dodge the dark spot. that It's a shadow. So my dad, he's talking about the Bible and God's word being a lamp to your feet, and he shuts the light off in the room, and he, and he turns the lamp on, and you could only see the ground for like, like a four or five foot radius around it. And he started talking about how, how a lamp, we, we, we use this lamp of God, this lamp, that it's, it's, it's lighting our path, but, but I, I, can't, I can't really see the end of the platform right now, so I'm really, I'm kind of hesitant about what's going on. And the truth of the matter is, we all want like one of those like 14 million candle watt, like, like, like things you like scare animals in the woods with, right? You know, what I'm t- you know what I'm talking about. Those like big, huge things you buy at Sam's Club and you have to plug it in, you turn it on and it just will blind the moon. Like that's, I want God's word to be like a moon blinder in my feet. You know, I want to be able to like shine that thing like two miles down the road and be like, oh yeah, God, I got this. This makes sense. Yeah, A plus B equals D. Got it. Okay. But it's not like that. He says, my word is a lamp, a lamp. And what's interesting about the lamp is I, I can't see, I can't see what the future holds. But the thing about the lamp is I know what the next step is. I know what the next step is. Man, clarity is a tough one for me. I want to understand. I, I want to know where I'm going to be. I want to know where things are going to where things are going to land when I throw them. But 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 you know, I I don't know if I can run all the way out there. But I know I can take this step. This is where faith begins to lead me. Because as I begin to take my one step at a time, God begins to illuminate the things I couldn't see before. We got to be able to find that clarity with God. That final thing was lack of conviction. Let me ask this. Has there been a a dip in your desire to serve? A dip in your desire to be involved or to make a difference in your community? When we lose that drive to be a spiritual example in our family, in our house. There may be an if somewhere. And the crazy thing about if is so many times it's, it's not intentional. You know? It's, it's not like I, I decided to not trust today, right? It's just kind of, it, it just seeps its way into our verbiage. And it just kind of slowly becomes, well, you know what? If, if, God, if God's going to do what God's going to do, then, you know, it's just, if? I, I can guarantee you, number one, God's going to do what God's going to do. But, you know, if, if, if any of this even matters to God, if any of this matters to God, man. 
if God's in this, if God really cares, if God still does miracles, if God actually has a plan. Guys, if, 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 this, if this is your life, if there's a reflection of where, where some of this, where, where you may be at, then it's time to make the decision to give words that power. And it's time to go from if to because. Time to go from if to because and begin saying it. I know it feels weird like some kind of self-talk, but to say it out loud, because God is in this, I will trust. Not if, he is. And if you search your heart, you know he is, but sometimes it's just hard, it's hard to trust that. Because God weeps with those who weep and because he laughs with those with laugh, he, he laughs with, I, I know, I know God cares. Because we serve the same God who raised Lazarus from the dead, I know that he can resurrect things that are dead in my life. Because, not if, because God has a plan for us to prosper. Because declares that, that I understand God's playing the long game. I may not see it right now. My lamp may only show the next four steps, but I realize that God's got something good down there. And if I just drop the lamp and run the other way, I'm destined to run into darkness or I can step toward where he's taking me. It's a long game. It may, it may really stink right now. And a lot of times it does. Man, life is hard and it throws some curveballs. But God is in it. Not if, because. And when we make that decision, I'm, I'm not going to live. I'm not going to live an if faith. I'm going to live a because faith. You will find yourself reacting and acting in ways you haven't before. If requires no commitment. If requires no faith. I think it's really cool when, if you're like, like, like when, when there's things that we've, we've heard about or read in the Bible and then like science catches up to it. Like last night, I, I wound up staying up way too late last night. Maybe that's why I'm acting like a dummy today. But anyway. Yeah, I, I got onto this website that listed like a hundred and some things, like all these different scientific facts and stuff that were found in the Bible that then years and years and centuries later found as true. And that stuff's cool. But listen, I don't need science to prove God before I can believe God. Because that's not faith. That's not faith. That's, that's Captain Obvious. I'm like five minutes over here, four minutes over. Do you guys mind if I'm a little over? Are you sure? Yes. Romans 1.17 says this, For in the gospel, a righteous man from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from the first to the last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. In 1 Corinthians 5, we live by faith, not by sight. i got to tell you something, guys. I see a whole lot of bad stuff. But that doesn't disprove God. Not one bit. Pastor, it's just, not, it's just not that easy. If God is real, why doesn't he make things better? I got to tell you, there, there's, there's mature Christians, me included, who struggle with this thought. If, if God cares, why, why isn't it better? And I got to remind myself, God does care, and, and the Bible is true. And if the Bible is true, then I have to admit that his ways are not my ways. I don't just have to know it, I have to believe it. And it's not if his ways are beyond my ways, then I guess I have to settle. It's because his ways are far beyond my ways that I know something is down the road. 
Because his thoughts are so far beyond my thoughts, I know that God's playing the long game and something big is going to happen. Why? Because God is God. And I got to tell you, the Bible is not just a rosy, rosy story after a rosy, rosy story, happy ending after happy ending. I'm going to read you Hebrews 11 in, in its entirety. It's like three or four pages here, so just chill. I didn't even put it up there because I, I want you guys to hear the story. But I want you to hear this because these are the people in the Bible. These are the people in the Bible who just, we think, oh, well, I mean, like, God was, like, right there, right? So it was easy. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that were visible. By faith, everybody say by faith. faith. Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gift and through his faith, he died and he still speaks. By faith. Come on, by faith. faith. Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, God commended it that he had, I lost my place. Now before he was taken, there we go, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever draws near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seeks him. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning these events, yet unseen, and the reverent fear constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir to the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place that he was to receive an inheritance. And when he went out, not knowing where he was going, by faith, he went to live in the land of the, in the, in the, land of the promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him in the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that had its foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful, he who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead... The old guy was old. <laughs> We're born the descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. Check this out, verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles to the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeing a homeland. And if they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out of, they would have had the opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city by faith. Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises was was in the act of offering up his only son, 
of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was, even, was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. By faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of his sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over their heads and staff. By faith... Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave direction concerning his bones by faith. When he was born, Moses was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict by faith. Moses, you see how there's a lineage, you see how there's a heritage, you see how it's passed on one by one by one to the next and the next. There is no if. If, if. if gives way to danger, if gives way to brokenness, if gives way to fear and doubt and dissension and death. This is not that. And this is our heritage. By faith. The people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same thing, were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. Talk about being in danger. And what more shall I say? For time would fall, would fail me, to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, David, and Samuel, and the prophets, who through, by, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced uh, justice, obtained promises, and stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to fight. Women received back to their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refused to accept release so that they may rise again to a better tomorrow. Others suffered mockery, floggings, and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sewn in, sawn in two. They were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy wandering about the desert and the mountains and the dens and caves of earth. And all of these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised. Since God had provided something better for us. That apart from us, they should not be made perfect. The work that they did we reap the benefits of. I thank the Lord that I have these stories to learn from. I thank the Lord that I have these, these stories to glean from, to, to, put my, my, to put my name in these stories and understand my life today. How dare I think my life be so simple as to not teach the next generation? It is not the ease of life that convinces me to love God. It is because God is real. Not if, because. And I'll close with this. Gloria Gaither wrote a song back in the 60s. She was, she was pregnant with her third child. And, uh, and, and, and she was dealing with horrible anxiety 
and the climate that they're just, you know, you guys know the social climate of the 60s with all just the unrest and everything and war and, and just life was crazy. And in the middle of all that, her husband, Bill, had, had contracted mono and so he wasn't allowed to be around her and he was really suffering under it. And, and there was a time when she was sitting and she tells a story, she's sitting just dealing with, with the anguish and the doubt and the confusion and the fear and the anxiety of all of this. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God came on her and she wrote this. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future, life is worth the living just because he lives. Wow. Guys, questions are okay, questions are good. But don't let yourself marinate in if. Because God has got some amazing things to do through you when you embrace because. Because. Because he lives. Because he cares. Because he is God. I can face tomorrow. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you so much, Lord, that your word is simple. And God, you want to be discovered. God, I pray that you would just give each and every one of us, God, that courage to ask the question. God, that you would give us the, the, the time and, and the, the fortitude to, to stick it out and to, to find you, to search the scripture, to, to talk to mentors, to, to get a wise word. Because on the backside of every question, Lord, is revelation. God, there's no question too big for you. Lord, I pray you would just draw us near to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Fuel for the Journey. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.